In this episode, delivering products on demand, how to solve cash problems, and is effort ever worthless? gas has always challenged technology. Now it's time for tech to challenge back. Come hear how the best minds in the industry are making those solutions a reality on the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast with your host, Mark LaCour. Hey, before we get to our guests, if you want to support the show, do me a favor, leave me a review. This show is still relatively new. Thank, big shout out to everybody that's left me a review, just like 85 Nathan from the United States of America. As a data analyst in oil and gas, you can't find a better podcast. See, that was simple. If you want to be like 85 Nathan and get a shout out on the show, leave me a review. I will be much appreciated. And then big shout out to Flatour for sponsoring this podcast. They are literally the leader in IoT in oil and gas. If you have any questions around that, if you want to learn about what it is and what it's not, reach out to them. There's a link in the show notes. They're just a great company doing great stuff. And we're sitting here with Adam Gillis with Hitch. How are you doing today, Adam? Good, man. How are you? Very good. And we're sitting in the Canon. Isn't this place cool? Awesome, man. It, Super awesome. It does not look like it should be in Houston. It looks like it should be in Silicon Valley somewhere. I think they got it right for a kind of a tech startup hub. Got showers in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> showers. They're going to have a gym. They're going to have a dry cleaning. It is really cool. And we're actually sitting out here in open floor space because I like the ambience being out here. But Adam, I've I learned about you on LinkedIn, and we'll get to that later because y'all are like just blowing up LinkedIn. It's awesome. And I saw what y'all did, and y'all, you end up having a guest appearance on uh, Jake and Colin's show, and I listened to that, and I was like amazed. It's like this idea that you have is not new, but you've actually executed on it, and you're actually growing, and it's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about what Hitched is. Yeah, so Hitched is an industrial marketplace really focused in oil and gas, you know, where companies can go post their equipment for rent, for sale, and the entire transaction can be done through the Hitch platform. So if you have equipment for rent, you have parts, you have chemicals, you have... So we're not, just to be clear, we're not like a equipmenttrader.com or anything of that sort, right? We're not trying to sell like 1997 bulldozers, right? We're trying to sell commodity products, hoses, chemicals, valves, parts, and things of that sort. But but we're a marketplace, right? We're connecting the, you know, the end users with you know, the, the suppliers, right. And, you know, delivering these products on demand. Yeah. And I'm not going to use the cliche, the Amazon, the oil field, because I think what you're doing is even better than that. You've taken something that could be extremely complex and by the right use of technology, you've made it extremely simple. That's genius. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's- so how was that product roadmap? So y'all came up with the idea, right. But at some point you had to engage with some technology, I'm guessing either in-house or out- outsourced. Yeah, Partners? so so Lance Richardson, who's my partner, he's he built some technology, you know, five or six years ago in the oil and gas space to monitor essentially water trucks and monitor, you know, how much water they're actually taking off SWDs and, you know, how much oil they're actually, you know, loading onto their trucks and things like that. And so they did that. And so he, he's well-versed in the in the technology space. You yeah, know? let me pause you right there. A lot of our audience may not know this. To this day, they're still doing this with, with sticks and paper. People are going out to tanks and have a measuring stick and they stick it in the tank. And so you talk about a place ripe for a technology solution because it benefits everybody. It benefits the truck that's hauling the water and it benefits the producer that needs to get rid of that water. That's right. And it, I mean, and it keeps everybody honest. Yeah. Right. I mean, that that's what's important, right? If we, if you look at, we when Lance did the study, 
on how many I'm not going to say what basin they're in, but <laughs> how many how many of the companies were honest about you know the loads they were hauling and things like that, and the answer is none. Right. Right. And, you know, people don't like to admit to this, but this is when you have somebody drives a truck out in the middle of the field somewhere and they, they pull a valve. Right. And they dump it because nobody's tracking it. Nobody knows that water should be going to a disposal facility. And so, you know, by being able to track it, it's actually good for everybody, including the environment. So that's where your partner got the idea from. Right. And so from a technology point of view, how did y'all roll this thing out? So you came up with the idea. What happened next? Yeah. So, I mean, we... Obviously, being in the service business for as long as we have, you know, there's mad inefficiency and, you know, rentals and things like that. And really, the problem exists that you, you've you got five or six vendors on your vendors list, right? They're your go-tos, and you make a phone call to them and, hey, I need this, and no, I don't have it. Then you call the next and the next and the next, and then soon enough, you're out of vendors, right? And so now you're on LinkedIn, like, hey, I need this pump, 911 and, and whatnot. And there's just there was no good way to do it. And so the next step we took is we partnered with a company called Outcode Software. We really got to know the guy that owned that company and basically laid out our vision, said, hey, we need to be able to execute this. And essentially, that was the next step, just planning, you know, how we were going to move forward. So let me ask you this. So when you all had the first rendition of the tool that was built by, the, what was the name of the company? The outsourced company? Outcode. Outcode. Mm-hmm. So when you had the first rendition of Outcode, they gave you the first working model. How different is that from what Hitched is now? Worlds. Worlds yeah. different. I mean, it's not even close. You know, we there was things that we didn't think about that had to be in, you know, in, in the platform to make it usable, you know. And, and so, you know, we were going to launch last December, and we were all prepared to launch. So we started testing the app, and a lot of questions came up. What about this? What about this? You know, that delayed our launch to April this year. But, you know, it's a good thing we did because we got all the tools tied in that needed to be, you know, for, I mean, it's going to get better. The features are coming. But, you know, for today, it works. Yeah, and the reason I brought that up is I suspected that's what you were going to tell me. One of the problems with a lot of people on the technology side of the house is they don't understand the oil and gas industry. So they will design a tool. And I've seen this. I've had you know hundreds of them come and show me these tools, these tech tools. And I go, you realize there's no connectivity in West Texas. Or you realize that the guy that needs to use this is covered in pipe dope and crude oil, right? Whereas you come from the service industry. Right. And so you know, as y'all started getting this feedback, I'm guessing y'all had some proof of concept clients to help you get the feedback. You got it. And you made the changes before you went to market. Yeah, absolutely. So we had a couple kind of pilot customers on the front end, some some people we knew had good relationships with that, you know, and we, you know, we piloted it on a small scale, right? Just to make sure we didn't put anybody in harm's way, shut right. down a job, so on and so forth. But yeah, through that four month process from December to, you know, April 15th, when we actually put them up on the app store and the Android store, you know, we ran thousands of transactions through the platform to ensure that everything worked. Did you ever think you'd have an app on the app store? Never. <laughs> yeah, no. I, trust me, I'm no tech. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it's a, it's just such a cool idea. And so, you know, people are able to use your app. There, it, there's a whole bunch of things I want to talk about. But one of the things I want to talk about is you talked about the trouble of getting parts and pieces, right? And the phone calls. And literally, there's directories still, people still making money printing directories for this exact reason. Why in today's world would anybody still do that when there's something like Hitch where all I need to do is open it up and go, hey, I need some drill stuff or hey, I need some soap, <laughs> right? I need tractor tires or whatever. It's, are you seeing, is there a resistance in the industry to change from the way they used to do it to what you're doing now or are people adopting it quickly? Yeah, so there's been a lot of resistance to change, no doubt. The adoption has been slow at best, right? But 
once people use it and they understand the value, you know, and some of the features that they can utilize while using Hitch, you know, that's what's that's what's driving people to continue to use it, right? You know, our, our sales pitch is use this for one rental, right? And if we do that right, then give us a second rental, right? And what people start to see quickly is that, you know, the, the management feature and the ability to rent, you know, and buy equipment and have it delivered to your location on demand. And that, that's what's really made us, that's what's really got us attraction that we have today. And I mean, just a quick fact in the last, so we run a report every 30 days, okay? In the last 30 days, from the time a piece of equipment was rented or bought off the platform, 80% of those transactions were on location in less than four hours. That's incredible. Yeah, if, if you know the real story, typically somebody has a flatbed, they load up, and I don't know what's the deal with this, but they load up a third, a quarter, a fifth of the flatbed, right, to go bring something somewhere. And usually that's a hotshot driver. It usually takes hours or days to get stuff done. It's costly, right? And when you're running, especially when you're running in the frack fields, it's all about efficiency. How quickly can I get that piece there? You know, if I, if I lose a pump and I lose production, how quickly can I get that pump replaced? The cost isn't the pump. The cost is the lack of production. But I want to talk about the other side of this. So. Okay. If I had a warehouse full of forklifts, you now can make sure that my forklifts are running billable hours in a way that is almost transparent to me as the owner of the forklifts. I literally get a feed, right? I list my, my, my forklifts with you, and then you take care of making sure that the people that need forklifts have access to my forklifts. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and that, that's where this all started to begin with, right? We're trying to create utilization for rental companies. I mean, plain and simple. There's a reason the listings are free, right? It is our job as Hitch to get your equipment on rent. And we've went out and built a great customer base over a lot of years, right, that has enabled us to, you know, get equipment on rent. I mean, that that's the bottom line. I mean, if, you know, the utilization piece, utilization equals cash flow. I don't care what anybody says, right? And utilization is what tanks these companies when things go south, right, because of the debt associated with the equipment and everything else, the, you know, the operating expenses of the company, right? You can't run with no utilization. Yeah, it's interesting. I watched, I watched a probably a mid-sized service company a few years ago go out of business. It was the strangest thing. They were profitable, but it was a cash flow issue. They literally ran out of cash, right? So even though they were profitable on paper, you know, they had net 60, net 90, net 120, and they didn't, for some reason, didn't have line of sight of that, and they literally went belly up for that exact reason. Yeah, and so one of the most important things that we've done here, right, is we allow the service companies and the rental companies to get on, put their equipment on, and they get to set their own terms, okay? As hits, we guarantee those payment terms back to the service company, okay? Now, granted, everybody wants 30-day terms, right? There's some operators that don't pay in 30 days, right? And so there's some nuances to that. But the reality is the terms you place on to when you sign up for Hitched, better yet, is when you get paid. And we're, we do the worrying about the collecting of the cash, right? And so here's what I always say. The big companies in the industry, you know, they can go 120 days without getting paid. But 120 days to a guy that's got 40 porta potties and 25 light plants, that's the difference between making his mortgage and not. Yep. And there's way more of those out there than there ever was the, the majors, right? Yeah. And so giving those guys a tool to operate their business, first of all, more efficiently, right? Second of all, you know, it, it tends to solve their cash problem within their business. Yeah, and take it from a small business owner. Whenever you get to the point where you don't have to worry about cash flow, it's like heaven. Absolutely. <laughs> it's Absolutely. like such a wonderful feeling. Yeah. So, but there's a bunch of stuff you touch with, with what you're doing at Hitch. So one of the things that you touch is that the vendor 
or the service company, who's ever renting the equipment or buying the equipment, they get one invoice. Even though from your end, you may be talking or maybe pulling from 10 or 12 different vendors, right? Yeah. And so that affects something called DSO, day sales outstanding. And that's literally the lag time between when you issue that invoice and when you actually get paid. So you're actually decreasing day sales outstanding, which if you talk to any comptroller or any CFO in this industry is a huge deal, especially in the shell plays, right? Where there's a shortage of labor, shortage of people. And the quicker you can get that cash back into your bank account, the better it is for everybody. The other thing I thought of on the drive up here is because there's less people involved in the process and because you know exactly where that forklift needs to be delivered, or that pipe needs to be delivered and where and who's the contact person, there's less chance of lost time instances, right? You have less people involved. You don't, you're not rolling a truck at three o'clock in the morning because something broke and you woke some guy up. So you're actually touching HS&E metrics. That is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the old process for, you know, equipment on location, right? And the field tickets, right? You have somebody go in and at the, really the question we ask is, do you really believe your company, man, when the salesperson comes in and puts 40 tickets on his desk, do you really believe that he knows exactly what every one of those tickets was for? And the question and the answer every time is no yep right and so what we did is we we integrated a job site feature okay so you can rent from any service company or any number of service companies right and then assign you're required to assign that piece of equipment to a job site right there's a drop pin on that job site where where the location is obviously but you assign that equipment to the job site and you assign an afe to that job site right so those costs are billed to that afe you have one ticket no matter how many rental companies you have you know, on that particular site. The cool thing about that we're seeing now is in the drilling world, typically the rental package for each drilling rig is the same. Okay. And so if you have a rig and it has, and it's moving from, let's say Midland to Mentone, right? You can take that package of equipment and instead of taking it all off rent and re-renting from everybody, you can drag and drop that whole set of equipment over to the next location. You create the new job site and then you drag and drop it to the next location. It switches AFEs and now your cost is assigned to that. That is so cool. So, Because one of the things that happens a lot in this industry is people don't pay attention to that. And so you'll have a job or a rec number that gets billed for stuff that it shouldn't be billed for. And if you're looking at stuff called earned value, which is basically... How far is the project as far as the project completion date versus how far are you in the financial budget for that project? That skews a lot of stuff. And if you're a big operator where you have multiple well sites going on, I've seen this before. You'll have one well site that's upside down, but what really happens is people build stuff to that well site that it shouldn't be built to. So from an accounting point of view, you clean all that up, but your customer doesn't have to worry about that. Your tool is doing that for them automatically. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's really that's one of the values of using, right? We, you know, we don't it's a free app. It's free to use, so on and so forth. But really, really the value comes, right, with the management feature that we've integrated, right? And, and part of that management feature is being able to move your equipment around, you know, keep the same vendors that you have, right? That, those are the things that we, you know, kind of put at the forefront of what we're doing. Yeah. So Adam, it's, I see the benefits of what you're doing. We've talked about the adoption, how it benefits everybody, both the user, the guy that has a rental yard, the operator, the guys in finance, the guys in HS and E. But my next question is, where are you going with this? So right now, where are you operating mostly? Yeah, so we're currently, and so we started this in, in the Permian Basin. We're pretty heavy in the Permian Basin. We've got equipment in New Mexico, Oklahoma, Louisiana, and all of Texas currently. But our vision is to scale throughout the U.S., and then take this, you know, take this globally. Whoa. So you could take this international. Yeah. I mean, well, that, that's the intent. 
Well, so let me tell you, when y'all get there, I want to bring you back on the show because there's so many things that your tool can help. So things like local content, right? In some parts of the world, you have to have steel from that country or you have to have people work from that country. Your tool will automatically make sure when you get there that that type of stuff happens. And you're going to open markets up to small mom and pop companies like in Midland that maybe never had access to what's going on in Brazil, what's going on in the North Sea or what's going on in the Middle East. That is really cool. Yeah. And as we move into the more, you know, we started with this typical surf rental type equipment generators forklifts porta potties trash trailers things of that sort but we're, we're starting to focus now on some of the more specialized stuff and you know the u.s is the only place you can get certain type of drill bits right the u.s is the only place you can get certain types of equipment right and if there's an operator in argentina that needs one right we want to make that available to them and then from a logistics point of view i'm guessing when and i know this is in the future i know but i think your tool will also lay over the logistics whether it's rail or truck or shipping or whatever, so that the the people that are renting or buying the equipment actually have clear line of sight. So they go, hey, we know for a fact it's gonna be here in eight hours, 47 minutes, and, and you know, 13 seconds or whatever. Because especially offshore, it's all about just-in-time delivery because you don't have extra storage space on a rig. So when you need parts and pieces, they need to get there right on time. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's part of our roadmap going forward, right? We're gonna overlay the logistics. You know, offshore is something that's really attractive to us just because, you know, the stuff goes out and it stays on rent for weeks and months on end right and the other part of it there's not a whole lot of moving parts you know once it's on a platform it's not like they you know pick that platform up or skid it over right Right. it's there you know and so that that makes it a little easier on our end but yeah when y'all get there we have to because we're watching a new show oil and gas offshore show so when y'all get there we'll have to have you come back on the offshore show and talk about that sort of for sure for sure all right so it's you and your partner your team is growing Say that again? I said, so it started off with you and your partner, but is your team growing? Yeah. So we're up to 21 employees today. You know, it started Lance and I, you know, we are a sales focused, aggressive team, right? Sales is number one, guaranteed. How it should be. And, you know, we have built the company around sales. First, the first position we filled was a VP of sales position. We've got several salespeople in, in different basins currently, but yeah, I mean, we've, our, you know, our, our management team, right, obviously we brought on, so funny enough, so we brought on the guy that started OutCode, our outsource company, as our, as our chief technology officer. And so he's Did y'all now, poach him? Did y'all buy the company? Did he make a decision just to leave? Yeah, well, all, kind of a little <laughs> bit of all that. Yeah. What a great piece of talent to have the guy that actually understands the base code or oversaw the team that understands the base code that your platform's written on. Yeah. So, and he helped us develop. I mean, we've got all in-house developers now. We've got a development office that's in the, separate in the from. US? Yes. Mm-hmm. Good for you. So we've got a development office in the U.S. outside of our Midland or our Midland office. But yeah, so he's been instrumental in in making all that happen. Yeah. I'm gonna pause here and and please, people, no hate mail. A lot of companies outsource their app dev work because it used to, quite honestly, be just as good and cheaper in places like India. And now what's happening as the Indian middle class rises, it's not necessarily cheaper anymore. And you have a language barrier and you have a time barrier. So I love companies that do their app dev work in the U.S. because not only is that U.S. jobs, but the quality of the work, the bottom line, is just better, right? Because you don't have that language barrier, you don't have that time barrier. That is really cool. You have your own app dev team. So so y'all have, a, I don't want to go down this too deep because I know it's proprietary, but this means you probably have a future product roadmap. Like you have, you know what you want in the future release. 100%. Yeah. We've got on paper today, 15 months of development. 
That is so cool. That's the right way to do it. And I'm guessing all that's from customer feedback or most of it's from customer feedback. 90% of it's customer feedback. That's the way to do it. If right. you have a single, and we, and we change priority, you know, on a daily basis, right? Hey, this needs to happen or, hey, we need to bump this on the roadmap or, hey, this is probably not as important as we initially thought. And all that's dictated by our customers. I mean, that's the bottom line. Yeah, especially if you run a sales organization, what is so vital, and I've watched companies mess this up. As their sales organization grows, the salespeople quit talking to the research and development, or in your case, the app dev guys. And the salespeople are the ones that hear the issues from the customers. And they may not think it's a big deal, but if I'm a sales guy for you, and I've had five or six of my clients say, I wish this button was blue instead of red, that needs to be fed back to y'all, because your app dev guys probably would never get that information. No, and that's that's the truth. And that's one of the fantastic things. So Nick, our CTO, you know, him and I and Lance all have a great relationship. And I mean, we've got a group text and I mean, it's every day, right? Bump this, let's do this. And so all the feedback we're getting from the field, I mean, he's getting in real time and then he's making decisions as far as the roadmap goes, right? Where to put them and, and what needs to be priority and what can be less of a priority. Yeah. So Adam, when do you sleep? I don't. <laughs> I believe it. I don't. Because you drove in this morning. I did. From San Antonio. I did, yep. yeah. And where are you going after this? I'm going to Midland. <laughs> Back to Midland. I am. Yeah. The life of an entrepreneur. It's, it's, oh, um, gotta love it. Yeah. So it's funny because people ask me this all the time because we're growing as well. And I keep hiring people to take a load off my back. And then because we grow, I pick up another load. So my workload never, it's different every couple of weeks, but it never changes. Never changes. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, at some point I want to get to the point where I can actually take a weekend off or whatever, but it's just part of growing a business. Yeah. You know, we've been at this for, you know, a little over a year from when, you know, when the we, you know, decided we were going to execute on this concept. And I mean, it's seven days a week. And we are absolutely, our customers are number one. They will be number one for the duration of this business. And we are, I mean, hyper-focused on delivering the best experience we can deliver, right? And that's those are the things you got to work on at, from 2 o'clock in the morning until 8 in the morning, right? Because we, when the sun comes up, we need to be able to deliver answers and solutions to our customers, right? And that's everybody in this company rides for the same brand and everybody has the same vision and if they don't they're not here yeah i love that we do the same thing right we all share the same vision we all have the same end goal in mind and i've made the mistake of the mistake i made is hiring somebody because i needed to fill a spot so instead of waiting and finding the right person i just hired somebody and it was it was not the right thing for me to do it wasn't the right thing for the person because they weren't a great fit it wasn't the right thing for our business so that's awesome that y'all y'all, y'all are doing that from the very beginning yeah i mean this listen the only thing that matters in this business is performance, right? We're not the guy that's going to bring a sale. We're not the company that's going to bring a sales guy on and pay him 150 grand a year so he can piddle around in his pickup and have $3,000 worth of expenses on an expense report. And I'm not knocking anybody here. But when you come to Hitched, especially in a sales role, you perform or you go somewhere else. And that's the bottom line. I mean, you know, we, we have a saying that, you know, some people disagree with, but effort is worthless, Right. Trying really hard doesn't do a damn thing for our bottom line. No, you're right. It's all about results. It's, it's so funny. We could roll this into the sales and marketing podcast because not only do I agree with you, the other thing about salespeople is one of the few professions other than professional sports where you're measured, right? And if you're in the top 20%, you're in a good place. And if you're in the bottom 20%, you're not in a good place, right? But it's all about you as a professional salesperson, make sure you're the right fit for the job. You just don't take the job because it's offered to you. You got to make sure it's the right fit for you. And then you excel. Absolutely. And you know what? You're not going to get a base anywhere near 150000 here 
but we've got salespeople today that are going to make half a million bucks. Yeah, that is awesome. That's the difference. Yeah. So I want to roll real quick back to the technology. I want to talk about this because I know the audience is kind of got sidetracked. So you have an app. It's on all the major platforms, iOS and Android. Yep. Yep. It's literally free to use. It is. Right. And if I'm a rental company and I want to get my products listed on there, what's that process like? Yeah, so you can go on, set up an account, real simple. The setup's about three minutes. Put in your company information, EIN, all the, I mean, all the typical information. And then once your account's verified, we'll verify your bank account and you get two micro deposits into your account. You verify them in the app and then you're ready to go. And then from there, it's essentially you can do it, you can do it from your phone. You can click on add product or add a rental piece of equipment, take a picture on your phone, put the description, the price, the location of it. And then once you have published, it's live. Okay. But as we're growing and, you know, signing up bigger companies, we've hired a, a back-end team. So essentially, you, the bigger companies can go on and create their account, then send us their lists with their pictures. And we have a back-end team that will upload it so it all gets put on there properly because it can be cumbersome when you've got 1,000 or 1,500 or 2,000 pieces of equipment. Yeah, so basically, it's a big flat file that they, they send in and somebody then either scans it or key punches all that information in? Yeah, so we have guys that key punch yeah. 100% of it in, you know, to ensure it's it's correct. And we don't charge for that service. That's that's part of the value that we're bringing. But, yeah, you can do it either way. Yeah, I can imagine a big rental company. I mean, they literally have probably has tens of thousands of SKUs that you have to worry about. I can't remember where I was, but it was this rental company had a, must have had 30 different mini excavators, like some with um, jackhammer attachments, some with narrow buckets, some with a big bucket, some with wheels, some with tracks. It's like... But the guy was telling me, it's like, there's a specific need for each one of these mini excavators. Mm-hmm. And so for the company like yours, they literally could list all of those very easily. And then the people that have need for those specific tools would then have it right in their hand. Yeah, that, yes. The answer is yes. But the other thing we've seen people do, too, is, you know, some of this equipment has different attachments like you're talking about. And they'll list the equipment. They may only have three of it, of, you know, one piece of equipment, right? But they have removable attachments. So what they'll do is they'll list they'll list with the different attachments, right? And they may have 10 attachments, but only three pieces of equipment. So they'll have 10 listings, right? And then once the order comes through to them, they know which they know which attachment needs to be on that equipment when it goes to the field. Hey, you know, another question just popped my head. A lot of these rental companies, part of their package, part of what they get paid for it is maintenance on the equipment at the job site. Mm-hmm. Do y'all touch that? So we are integrating with a maintenance company currently. We're not there yet. So currently how it works is we have a messaging platform, right? And our customer service team is out in the field, you know, on a daily basis. So we're tracking what needs what. But essentially, if a piece of equipment goes down, first of all, they can call us and we'll get it handled. And typically what we do in that situation is we get another piece of equipment out there immediately, okay? Or they can message the the service company directly say hey this piece of equipment's going down and they can call us and say hey we need one right now and we make the swap that happens the reality is is that happens on a regular basis right and generator goes out starters out you know alternators out whatever the case may be right the good thing is we're, we have a lot of equipment at our disposal right so we can we can make that happen so long term wise now that i'm thinking this through one of the things that you're doing is you're collecting user data both on equipment and on the actual job sites is there a plan somewhere down the road to do some big data analytics on this stuff? Absolutely. Yeah, that's genius. And our and our goal really is to be able to provide, the guys that need the data are the operators and service companies, right? And our goal is to be able to provide the data back to them and hopefully here, 
you know, in the next bit, we'll be able to go back to them and say, hey, man, you put 25 generators on, 30 porta potties, 50 light towers, and you're getting ready to, you know, you're getting ready to allocate your capex for next year. We would recommend that you spend it on this because the percentage of utilization on this piece of equipment was twice what you know what this other piece of equipment was so it's our hope to be able to give recommendations right and to be able to show them exactly what happened which nobody can do today how valuable is that because let me tell you how that's done now if it's done at all it's somebody that's been in this industry 25 30 35 years in the field and they just know right but these new younger people that replace them don't have that experience now you can be able to give them the data to actually show them what's the right decisions to make sure and that, that's what we're trying to do here that is awesome. I mean, it's much bigger than just a marketplace. Yeah, and the data from the operator side as well, right? They can look at percentage of spend on X, right? And, you know, make make cuts and make decisions, right? If 20% of their rental spend was on generators, right, but that was actually only 10% of their operation, right, they can make the proper adjustments to get that in line, right? Whether that be negotiate, you know, with vendors, right, get cheaper generators, you know, change the type of generators they use. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, of course. Yeah, good stuff. It's about time to start getting out of here. So real quick, we hit our product review. So, so Adam, see the microphone you're talking on? Yeah. Yeah, this is the Audio-Technica AT2005. This is the microphone we use on, on all of our podcasts. It's not an expensive microphone. A lot of podcasters will tell you that you need to spend $1,500, $2,000 on a microphone. This is a $79 microphone. The thing I love about it is it's very robust. It's a great pickup pattern. So if there's, we're in a kind of noisy environment, which you won't hear because the microphone tends to only pick up from the front. The other thing I like about it is it's both XLR and USB. So if you have an interest in the microphones that we're using, go to the show, click on it, and we'll bring you right to it. Like I said, this is the microphone that we use for all of the shows. Street team, we're still taking volunteers for the street team. Listen for at the end of the show on how to join, basically join our Facebook group. We still don't have everything baked with the street team, but trust me, street team, we're getting to you. And then a big shout out to BCD Travel, their official travel sponsor for this show and all the Oil Gas Global Network shows. If you need to get your people and parts and pieces all over the world safely and effectively, reach out to BCD Travel. They're doing great work. And then we talked about Flutour being the sponsor of the show. They're nice enough to be giving away this really cool Port Authority Cyber Backpack. I will give away once a week. There's a link in the show notes. Go sign up. Just remember that Flutour is literally the leading artificial intelligence solution for industrial IO2 in the oil and gas industry. Just paid the bills, Adam. So, and while you're online uh, registering for the backpack, go ahead and give us, go to Oil and Gas Tech Podcast dot com give us your email address we promise not to spam you and then go join our linkedin group our linkedin page adam we we're talking about marketing earlier before we turn on the microphone when i was helping with our marketing our linkedin page had 37 followers wow. and my marketing teams we're over twelve thousand followers now isn't that awesome, awesome. that's yeah. that's incredible and speaking of marketing people go to linkedin and just search for hitched the marketing material they put out on a daily basis not only is it really good it's educational and it's funny right and, and y'all kick that out every single day don't y'all we do yep that that is amazing like we can't kick out stuff every single day and i got a team of people and it's it's, it's you got two people doing that yep yeah. yeah they put out some really good stuff so adam if people want to learn more about hitch where should they go yeah, so our website is hitchedappapp.com. The app is available on the on the iOS store as well as the Google Play store. Yeah, we'll put links in the show notes. And if people want to learn about more about you, I'm guessing LinkedIn? Yep. Yeah, we'll put it LinkedIn. Find me on uh, LinkedIn. To Adam's profile in the show Adam notes. Adam Gillis with The Rocket. Alan Gillis was right. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. So I copied and pasted your URL for your LinkedIn to our show notes, and that Rocket Microsoft doesn't like. So I literally had to go back and hand write 
the actual URL because I try to copy and paste it because of that rocket in there. Oh, really? Microsoft goes, I don't know what this is. Isn't that funny? That is funny. It took me a little while to figure out what the problem was. So, and the funny thing is Google has no problem with it. So either Google likes emoticons and Microsoft doesn't, or Microsoft just hasn't caught up yet. I don't know, but it is, it was a funny thing. All right, we got to get out of here. So we are making sure that you don't get left behind one episode at a time. And here are the events on deck. Hey guys, this is Alex, and here are the events on deck for September 2019. We are bringing Oil & Gas Tech Podcast to the Internet of Things Conference in Houston, Texas on September 16th through 17th. Joining us will be CEO Marty Sprintson of Vantique. You can register online at iotandoilandgas.com. The Midstream Networking Golf Tournament will be held on September 6, 2019 in Cypress, Texas, and the dress, of course, is golf attire. The NOV Sporting Clays Tournament will be on September 20th, 2019 in Katy, Texas. Dress is casual. The Blockchain and Oil and Gas Conference is in Houston, Texas on September 18th through 19th. And the dress is business casual. That's all for September. Hope you guys have a great month and thanks for tuning in. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil and Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.